So it was raining gemstones. It was raining gemstones. Hi, I'd like to welcome you to our show. I'm your host, Praying Medic. We're talking about life as a child of God and all things related to his kingdom. Thanks for joining us. If you're a new listener to the show, you can find articles and books and other resources on my website, www.prayingmedic.com. You can also connect with me on Twitter. Just look for Praying Medic. Now let's jump into this week's show. My guest today is my good friend, Michael King, who is going to talk to us about an unusual manifestation of the kingdom of God. Michael sees gemstones appear quite often. He also just published his first book, Gemstones from Heaven. I hope you enjoy my discussion with Michael. So, Michael, I wanted to welcome you to our podcast. I am really excited to talk to you about gemstones. I read your blog post the other day, and I'm excited about it. I'm glad you came to our house on your way through to visit I always love seeing you in sunshine. And so today we're going to talk about gemstones from heaven. Isn't it cool? It is pretty cool. I'll admit, I, I have a lot of fun with this. Um, the first time we saw gems from heaven, we actually were invited to um, basically to somebody else's house that she knew where this couple, they were, they were there and they had gemstones show up at the time. It was like for five or six years. And I didn't know any of this really. We just knew that we were invited to this friend's house and there were cool people that had a gem show up and that, that was it. So we walked in and met these people and there was a table, like a coffee table that had over a hundred, possibly even 200 gemstones, all cut and pretty and they were just lying there on the... on the. I think you posted that picture on Facebook or somebody did. I saw it somewhere along the line and I looked at that picture and I thought, wow, that's pretty crazy. It's It's pretty ridiculous. I mean... These, they literally just appear. That, that particular night, I was... Actually, at one point in time, I lay down on the floor and just had like my, my mouth open and my arms out. And I was just like, okay, hit me, God. I mean, literally, gemstones fell on top of me. Um, I, I remember... So it was raining gemstones. It was raining gemstones. And, I mean, we'd hear them, like, if you drop, like, beans or, or something on the floor, it sounds like something scattering. And literally, that's the sound we'd hear on the hardwood when gemstones would fall, because they'd literally fall out of midair and land on the floor, and they'd make a sound. And be like, oh, more gems showed up. So you, of course, being interested in the supernatural, you thought this was pretty cool. It was ridiculous, dude. My mind was blown for, like, the entire weekend. And I'm sure a lot of people who are going to hear this podcast, their minds are going to be blown yeah, for a it's, while. It's, it's pretty trippy. Like, when it, when it happens the first time, like, I have a number of people that I've kind of introduced to this, too, and... The first time it happens, your mind literally does this, like, pause where you're like, I, 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 I'm not sure what just happened right there. Well, when my son Danny went to one of your gemstone parties at your house in Portland, his mind went on tilt because he could not really figure out what was happening. I think you and Todd were driving him to your house and coming up the steps. He found a stone on the steps outside your house. Yeah, he did. And he's looking at this going... What is this all about? <laughs> what did you tell him? I don't remember what I said to him, but I mean, I think I probably said something really simple like that. It's a gem that came from heaven. Go on its side because there's a ton more and it's really cool. Go on. It's fun. Right. So he sent me a picture later on that night by text message of the five gemstones that he found. And his story was I was sitting on the couch 
and I was looking at the floor, and I was staring at this one spot, and I glanced away for a split second, and I looked back, and boom, there was a gemstone right there, right where he had just been looking. Yeah, they, they'll appear like that. I mean, literally, you can be looking at a spot, you look away, you look back, and there's a stone there. And then you pick it up, and you look away, and you look back, and there's another stone there. And you're like, okay, I know the first one wasn't there, but after I pick the first one up, I know for a fact that the second one wasn't there. So it's, it's sort of one of those ways I think God um, sort of encourages our faith and gives us these moments where, okay, this really is outside of my box of experience, but he almost gives us confirming circumstances when this happens. So we really know that we know that we know that it wasn't just something that we were making up or somebody else put there. I know a lot of people are going to be wondering, you know, well, why would God do something like this? And I'll give you one experience from my son that I think speaks to why he does this. So after he went home from the party, he sent me this message and he showed me, you know, the picture of the stones he took home. And he was a junior in college. And like a lot of people who are in college, his faith and his relationship with God was kind of getting a little bit lukewarm. You know, he was uh, really getting into his studies, and, and fortunately, he didn't get into a lot of partying. He, he had, you know, he was in the Coast Guard Reserve, and he was taking, uh, he's trying to get two degrees finished. But he didn't have a lot of time to spend developing his relationship with God, or so he thought. But when he came home after the gemstone party, and he started to think about these gemstones and what God was saying through them, he really did kind of change his perspective on the goodness of God, because he thought, well, if God gives us these kind of things just randomly, he must be really a lot better than I imagined him. I don't know exactly what he was thinking God was all about, but that experience drew him into God's presence a little more. And from that point on, and during his college career, as he went into his senior year, he became a lot more interested in learning more about God. We started talking on every Friday morning. He would call me. We would have discussions about the Bible and discussions about what God had been doing, and he'd start having more uh, God dreams. And I think the gemstone party was kind of a high watermark for him where God became a lot more tangible and real, and he became a lot more interested in knowing what God was all about. That's pretty cool. I've never heard that before. I mean, I've talked yeah. to Danny, but he's never told me that. That's pretty neat. One of the things that I think that God's doing with the gemstones is exactly what you said. Like, there's this invisible God that we know lives out there somewhere, and he's supposed to care about us, but it's really hard to make that invisible, non-tangible being visible and tangible. Right. And when you have these gems show up, and, and when I say they show up, I mean they're, they're cut stones, they're all sorts of shapes and sizes, they're all sorts of colors, and they don't disappear later. So, Are all the stones cut, or are some of them rough? I think I, in the, I've seen probably tens of thousands of stones at this point. I've seen one that wasn't cut. Okay, and sometimes they show up set in silver and yeah. I've seen and I've seen some with settings. There was one that showed up in. There's only one that I know of that showed up at my house in a setting, and it was this big like I almost want to say it was like amethyst quartz or something like that. But um, it showed up. It actually had a hole in the top of it. It was a big teardrop hole in the top of it with a little silver ring around it. That's interesting. And I mean, I've seen some other ones that had one that's uh, like a crescent moon in a silver-looking setting. I'm just all sorts of really different pretty stuff. I've seen one that the setting was an actual a leaf, and it was just pierced through the top of the stone, and it's a pendant again that you can stick a chain through. 
Wow, that's cool. So you got together with them, and you got introduced to what God was doing with gemstones, and then you invited them over to your place to have some get-togethers where other people would show up. And can you talk a little bit about what happened there? Yeah, so about a year after we experienced this and had met this couple, um, I just really had it on my heart that I wanted people to have more experiences with God that, and, and the supernatural as a whole. I really value miracles, and I have a high value for the supernatural because I believe that um, the miraculous and the things that take us outside of our normal routine, um, those are the things that help transform our understanding and transform our belief systems so that when God says all things are possible, we really don't most of the time believe all things are possible. So, so we, I want we, people we believe to... that the things we've had experiences with already are possible. And maybe, the things we haven't experienced are probably not possible. Mostly they're not possible, and a lot of things will tell you aren't possible, even though the Bible says with God all things are possible. We, we just assume all means a very limited view. Have you ever looked up what all means in the Greek? I haven't, but I've had other people who have, and I'm pretty sure that they told me it means all. Oh, man, I hate that. So all means all. <laughs> and so when God says all things are possible, I just, I mean, I really feel we need to open up our understanding of what that looks like. So I wanted to have gem parties. Um, which was, I mean, that was the title I came up with for them. Because we didn't have some deep spiritual plan of what we were doing. It wasn't like a church service. It was just a get-together at our house. We had people, you know, come and fellowship, hang out, bring bring food, or don't bring food. Uh, we love you either way, just come. And um, literally, I mean, we used to get like 12 hours for the day, like from like 10 in the morning to 9 in the evening or something. We had like a good long period of time. We were just, hey, come over, hang out get gemstones, get blessed by God, and the first one we did, I didn't really know how it was going to go, but people, I mean, we had probably almost 30 people show up in the course of the entire day, which um, doesn't sound like a lot, except that they stayed for like four and five hours at a time. So you um, got a house full of people. Yeah, we had a house full of people, and it was really cool because I think the one overarching thing that I think everybody really left feeling um, at, at the end of the day, they just felt incredibly loved. Um, which, I mean, I don't know what people expect they should feel at the end of, of something like that, but they just, people felt incredibly loved because you have this invisible God out there somewhere who cares enough about you to hand you these physical, tangible things that you can take home. You can put them in jewelry. You can just sit and stare at them. But I mean, it's something that it's tactile. You can hold it. You could taste it if you really want to, although they don't really taste like anything, but you can touch it. You can feel it. And it's this tangible reminder of this intangible God. It's no longer just this theoretical thing out there. It's now become like really real. Right. So you had more than one gathering. Yeah, we had, we had a gathering like every two to three months for the, over the course of about a year. And you continued to see a lot of gemstones show up at these gatherings. Yeah. And not like only how, that. How many gemstones were showing up each time? The first one, and it's kind of hard to estimate, the, the first uh, God party we had, Gem Party, we had at least 4,000 stones show up. And you base this on the fact that there were 20 to 30 people there. Each of them took home a bag full of stones. Full of stones. And when I say a bag full of stones, I mean the stones I personally came away with was more than 50 just that particular day. And I was handing stones to other people because um, I wanted to make sure everybody else did. I know there was one, one teenager, he... Um, he had over a hundred stones when he left. Um, and then I have, again, there was like eight people in my extended family who were there. There's a couple of other friends who I, mean, I asked him, and I know they each had like 50 to a hundred stones each. 
So when I just added up the total number of people, it was literally, it was around 4,000 or more. Um, That's pretty cool. And that continued. So you were having these gemstone meetings every three, four months. People would come over, more stones dropping. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes they would literally drop out of the air and hit the floor. People would hear them land. Yeah. Other times, you'd have a coffee cup sitting on a table. Uh, a stone would appear by the coffee cup. And then they'd pick it up, and a couple minutes later, there'd be another one there. Exactly. Or sometimes, uh, there was one time that was pretty cool. We actually put put a gemstone for one of my granddaughters in, like, a little cigar box. Well, we opened the box, like, five minutes later, and there was a second, smaller version of the same stone sitting right next to it. And there are some really cool stories about how and when and why some of these stones have shown up, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So the parties continue, or the parties uh, so the gatherings are continuing. Yeah, they, they were parties. I mean, parties. I call them gem parties. <laughs> okay, gem parties they are. And people are continuing to get stones. Now, what is going through your mind at this point? Well, I mean, there's a couple things. One, it was doing exactly what I wanted it to do. It was giving people experiences that were outside of their previous realm of experience. And when it comes to miracles and the supernatural... We've always learned in life based on our experiences. A lot of things we believe, if we're honest with ourselves, we believe not based on what we say, well, the Bible says this, so I believe it. We really believe it because that's what our life experience has taught us. So one of the things that was happening was people were learning something new about God through a new experience. But in addition to that, I was actually starting to get used to it. So, But I don't feel like that was a bad thing. I felt like it just meant I was getting more comfortable, so I was starting to expect it more. So my faith level for gemstones was definitely going up because it was something that was becoming more common in my life experience. Right, but still, the gemstones were only appearing when, when they it, came over. They weren't showing up at your house yet, except when they were there. And, and when I say when they were there, I mean they might show up a day before they were there, they might show up a couple days or a week or two after they were there, but that it was always connected or surrounding their, pre their presence or their visit somehow. Do you have a theory yet on why they had this manifestation and other people don't? Yeah, so I think there's a couple things. I think one, uh, I believe he has a gift of miracles for gemstones. In 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about... Um, gifts of miraculous powers and it's actually plural it's not a single gift of miracles it's right. miraculous powers plural so i believe that he has a gift of miraculous powers for the appearance of gemstones so some of that could look like manna or oil or gold dust feathers feathers we've seen feathers gemstones before. various miraculous signs but you think his is specific to gemstones? Yes and no. I mean, he I've seen him have feathers show up. I mean, I've had feathers show up even before we met him, but he I've just never seen the magnitude he has on the pier. You um, have a pretty decent gift for gold dust. I know that because yeah. you've made it appear on my fingers and yours. Well, yeah, I mean, some of that is, I think, a faith thing for me, too. If Literally, if I look at my fingers, I'll usually start to see them start to sparkle. Um, like, yeah, I'm doing it now, and they're starting to sparkle. And it's just, it's, some of that's a faith thing. I mean, my stepdaughter has, um, she has times where, I mean, it's like somebody painted her face with glitter because there was so much of it. I literally, I can wipe my hand on her, uh, like her arm or her cheek or wherever it is and wipe it on something and the something will start sparkling. If I do that when I'm just looking at my fingers, just kind of in faith expecting it, I wipe it on anything and nothing happens. Right. Um, but there's just so much of it coming off of her at that point in time. It's just prolific. It's, it's just really, I mean, it's pretty spectacular. 
people? I do think it is a gift. And I think there's, like I said, there's different these supernatural manifestations. I think in some ways they start out by being a gift, but I think there's another element, and that has to do with angelic presence. So one of the things that we've definitely noticed happen is some friends, and I will also sense angels somewhere in the room, and then gems will show up over there. So we can tell there's an angel over there, and then gems appear, and it seems like the angels may be bringing the gems as well. Right. Um, so it's not just connected to a gift, but it's also connected to angelic presence. So right. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Which would also explain how, you know, the, the gem can show up two weeks after these people are no longer at our house, because it's connected to their visit, but the angel may still be there or may have come back two weeks later. I mean, I don't know what the angels are doing specifically, but right. um, it would explain why they're showing up when they're still now three hours north and they're not at my house to have a gemstone appear. There's a lot of possible explanations for it. I mean, if you believe in portals, it could be that they come and they open a portal that is a, a gateway to heaven and then the manifestations come through the portal, appearance of the angels. There's a lot of different ways you can explain it. I don't know that there's one explanation that's right or wrong. As they were showing up and you're having these parties, you started to think, you know, Lord, it would really be cool if I could have these manifest when they're not here. Yeah. Well, I mean, who, who wouldn't want them to manifest when, right. around you instead of waiting for somebody else? So right? how did that evolve? So that actually was a bit longer of a process. Um, for about, actually, the first time I met them, I'm going to back up a little bit, but the first time we met them, after we met them and, you know, we experienced it for the first time, like I said, my mind was blown. So I started praying to have that happen too. And God told me not to pray for it, which is uncommon for me. <laughs> it's, it's honestly pretty uncommon for me because um, I pretty much believe that we're allowed to have whatever we want. And God usually doesn't disagree with me um, because I think he agrees. But he actually told me not to pray about this. And a year later, we ended up having these gem parties. So I could kind of see, okay, God's saying don't pray about this because I've already got it worked out. So don't waste your time. Focus on other things. But then after we kind of stopped having the gem parties, um, I'm still like, it was actually late at the end of last year. I was kind of like, we really hadn't had gems showing up except one, maybe every four to six months. Very rare. And I was just like, God, I really would like to see this happen. Well, sometime early January this year, God told me that the gems were going to start to show up. Um, and I think some of it was just in response to me asking and just saying, you know, God, like, it bothers me that, you know, your, your word says you don't, you're not a respected person. You don't pick and choose between people. But in spite of that, you know, I'm not seeing this thing, which I, I have high faith. It looks like you're picking and choosing. It people. does. I mean, I have a fairly high faith level for it because of the things I've experienced, I'd say, compared to most people. So I'm like... I'm not understanding why I'm not seeing what I would be expecting to be seeing. Right. Um, well, I, I deal with the same thing in the realm of healing yeah. or dreams or whatever. People come to me and say, well, how come I can't see people healed? You know, what do you have that I don't? And I'm like, you don't have anything that I don't. Yeah. Other than I've probably prayed for 20,000 people and you yeah. haven't, you know. Well, there is something to experience and I think that does make a difference um, because our own faith and belief really, it does... It does alter the circumstances surrounding it, and I think it can create an atmosphere that's more open for healing or miracles or whatever it is. I think it can create a greater openness for that to happen, but it doesn't in and of itself force it to happen. Okay, I want to take a little segue here. Have you ever asked them how the gemstones started to manifest in their lives? Yes. So they went and spoke to some people over in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, back in... 
I want to say it was the early 2000s when this was really breaking out at this one church in Coeur d'Alene. So um, they went and talked to this couple who had these gemstones that were literally appearing in their front yard. Um, and these were like big stones. I mean, they were like half dollar sized. So they had these stones appearing. Well, I guess these people either shook hands or I don't remember exactly how it happened. But basically, Guy got knocked out in the spirit and was like laying on his front lawn for some period of time and basically from that point in time they didn't ask for anything super special they didn't pray some special magical prayer it was literally just like god just made it happen so he went to this church he shook hands with the guy who was having the gemstones manifest he gets knocked out in the spirit and then from that point forward he starts having gemstones manifest basically yeah i mean there's a little more detail to that but that's the short version is yeah it just kind of happened. There's, there's this thing I've observed with a lot of people that there's a lot of times that things are, I'm going to say, caught more than taught. It's not right. something that you necessarily learned and got this mental understanding for. It's literally something that rubs off on you. Right. Um, I mean, the term we tend to use is impartation. But basically, something that somebody else had happening in their life basically just rubbed off on you, and now you've got it too. Earlier this year, the Lord starts telling you that gemstones are going to start appearing. What were you thinking at that time? I was thinking that's great. Because, I mean, pretty much that's what I had been asking for. So, I mean, when God says to me, gemstones are going to start appearing, I'll be honest, I was actually thinking, okay, based on the way God says and does things, that most likely means sometime in September, you know, we'll start to find a gemstone or two, and it will literally start sometime this year. Well, that's not exactly what happened. Um, I, was, I was a bit surprised at what did happen. Within about a week and a half, I found the first gemstone on my granddaughter's bed. It was like midnight. I was carrying her downstairs because she had fallen asleep in our bed. And um, I put her on her bed. But as I'm walking towards the bed, I see this something sitting on the edge of her bed. And I'm thinking to myself, that looks like what I think it looks like. But until I pick it up, I'm not sure if that's what I think it is. <laughs> well, it was this brilliantly beautiful, clear stone. Yeah, so I mean, she kind of woke up at that point in time when I'm like, oh my God, I just found a gemstone. And then my wife, my wife is absolutely adorable. She squeals. She's the cutest thing. She like runs around and like celebrates every single time we find a gemstone. And uh, she's, she's really fun. I always love it when she finds them. She gets really <laughs> excited about them. That's cool. So you find one stone and then what happened? So I want to say I might have found another stone like a month or so later, kind of randomly when we were cleaning something out. It was like in the bottom, bottom of a basket or something. Like it was completely unexpected. We're cleaning things and oh, there's a stone. Well, again, we're used to finding stones. So the next time I found one was during my stepdaughter's wedding ceremony, actually. It was on our back patio just in the morning earlier in the day. And there's another clear stone. So, I mean, I gave it to her because I assume it was kind of from God to her on her wedding day. Wedding present. Uh, which I thought was the coolest thing. You know, God, cool. cares, God cares about really meaningful stuff to us. Yeah, I mean, some of the stones that have appeared, when you've told me their stories, to me, there's a great significance to the timing yeah. and the color of the stone sometimes. Yeah. Um, so, so fast forward, we had, we were, we were putting down flooring in our uh, dining room. And again, I mean, this is, I mean, I've had people ask me before, well, what were you doing? Were you worshiping or praying or fasting or what were you doing? No, I was laying down flooring and... <laughs> it's not supposed to work that way. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, God's, God's okay with breaking our idea of what's, what's allowable. Um, but yeah, I mean, we were laying down flooring and because we had had these gym parties, we were also pulling up carpeting to lay down flooring. So I had said earlier in the day, hey, 
Um, I'm running out to the store, but you guys keep an eye out while you're pulling up carpeting to see if there are any gemstones under the carpet. Because, you know, I, I, I like to think pretty creatively, and I'm thinking if gemstones can appear above the carpet, on the carpet, maybe there will be some we just never caught from two years ago that are under the carpet. I'm sure there's a lot of people who would like to sweep this under the rug, but are you telling me that God would actually sweep them under the carpet? They did. They did actually find one. While I was out at the store, they found one somewhere underneath the carpet because we kind of started expecting them. And so they started appearing by one coffee cup. We'd set the coffee cup back down and then they'd appear again. And then we started just finding them. Then we started hearing them fall on the new flooring we had just laid. It took us two days to lay one day's worth of flooring because we were having so much fun with all these gemstones showing up. One of, one of the things you're talking about significant colors and things. When I got married, there was sort of something prophetically significant with my wife and I about blue sapphires. But like I said, in the over thousands of gems that we've seen show up, I have never seen a blue sapphire appear. And you wanted one. Oh my goodness, I wanted one really badly. I actually was asking God to give me a, a pair of rings with blue sapphires in them. <laughs> um, I'm still asking for that, by the way. I have a number of other rings and things I want to, but... Ask and you um, shall receive. But um, Seek under the carpet and you shall find it. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> we, we still have two-thirds of the flooring left to put down, so there's still time. You have to give me a report on what you find. Um, but yeah, I actually found a blue sapphire stone, and there was a number of other blue sapphires that showed up that weekend. It was impressive to me partly because it was significant to me personally, and it wasn't something that had started with this other couple. I mean, God bless the other couple. They're wonderful. Um, I love them, but it was still significant to me that it didn't, that particular stone for us didn't start with them. You got a unique manifestation. Yeah. And it was something that God gave you that was the answer to probably an unspoken prayer. Oh, no, I had said it on more than one occasion. You, oh, you actually <laughs> It was a definitely spoken prayer. Um, <laughs> Cool. But I mean, but it wasn't just that it was a spoken prayer or something too. It was also that it was it was particularly meaningful to Sunshine and I the color of and the type of stone it was. So I mean, it, that was just one of those ways in which God is saying, you know, I love you, I care about you. The things that are important to you are important to me. I know I was telling you last night about my granddaughter. She again, she's seen thousands of these things appear, and she was like, God. I want a big rainbow colored stone. And she was actually kind of upset because she's like, I don't understand why, and she's seven. She's like, I don't understand why God won't give me a rainbow colored stone like I'm asking. Like, I mean, she was in tears practically. Now, I have to ask you something. Now you talk about a rainbow colored stone. And I was asking you about this last night. And I said, are you talking about a stone that's actually different colors in the same stone? And you said, no, oh, yeah, we've actually had stones that show up. They're like, Blue and they have like lines. I mean, like there's different. different ways that they can show up. That there's like different lines in the stone that are different colors. Um, and these are usually bigger stones, so you can actually pretty clearly see the different colors. Right. Um, there is a kind of stone, a mystic fire topaz. I actually have the earrings. So it has like three different colors inside the stone. They're kind of all mixed together. Okay. So there are some stones that will appear that that naturally appear that way too. But these particular ones that are multicolored with like lines, I'm pretty sure that doesn't happen in nature. And if there are, they, they have to, they're really rare because you have to have like very specific mineral deposits that are like right next to each other and not mixed with each other. We've had a couple, a couple different stones, I think they might have been opals or something, show up before that had streaks of gold. They almost looked like pieces of straw inside the stone, yeah. but they had streaks of gold in them too, yeah. So your granddaughter is whining about not having the rainbow colored stone. Yeah, and I mean, it sounds, I know that probably a listeners or whatever, that sounds really... 
um, picky or disingenuous or something. She's a seven-year-old. Well, she's seven, but again, you have to understand, she has seen big stones. I mean, we're talking like a nickel or larger um, that are just really unique shapes, sizes, colors, appeared in settings. I mean, she's seen a really broad range of really unique stones, all of which have appeared from heaven. So... When she's saying, I don't understand why God won't give me a rainbow She's thinking stone. God can do anything he wants. Why doesn't he do this for me? Because I want it, and he likes me, right. you know? So um, I actually had to sit down with her for a little while and just kind of talk to her and kind of get her to refocus and just focus more on being grateful for what God is doing and explain that I don't, I don't understand why God doesn't always do the things that we don't, uh, I mean, that we ask him, but that that doesn't change that he likes us and loves us. And that doesn't change that we can still be thankful for the things he is doing. Well, okay, so 20 minutes after I had this conversation with her, she comes running out of her room. She is holding this large, clear stone. And she's like, God gave me a big one. She was like thrilled. So I hold it up to the sunlight and it's shooting rainbows on the wall. So it's like a prison, basically. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, God didn't give her one that was rainbow colored but it made rainbow colors. So he basically gave her what she wanted, which is a large rainbow stone. Right, right, that's cool. Once again, evidence that God doesn't necessarily answer your prayers the way you think he's going to, but he will answer them according to his way that he feels you should have your prayer answered. And some of it too is, I mean, but the fact he's happy to answer prayers like that. I mean, I don't know what it was that caused him to send a stone after we talked, as compared to before we talked, maybe it was just something he wanted her to have a perspective shift before. I mean, I have no idea. I think he wanted you to correct her theology and to correct her understanding and maybe point out, look, this is a, an issue of gratitude, of being thankful for what he's already done and not being a spoiled brat and, you know, having a temper tantrum because you don't get what you want. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I honestly think that could easily be part of it. And that's kind of a lesson for all of us because, I mean, I've had times like that too where I've had to say, Okay, God, like, I'm upset because, um, but at the same time, I really need to remind myself, you know what, like, there's lots of people who would love to have this happen, and I really need to be in a position of being thankful for what God's doing, and not just upset about what he's not doing. Because really, let's be honest with ourselves, whether they're talking about gems, healing, uh, it doesn't make a difference what the subject is. Simple answered prayers. Um, spending your time upset about what God isn't doing, I don't think has ever been real effective in getting your prayer answered. No, probably not. So I want to get into some of the questions that people are obviously going to want to ask you about these gemstones. Have you ever had any of them analyzed by a gemologist to discern what they're actually made of, what they're worth? So I haven't personally. Um, And there's reasons behind that, one being that it can be really expensive to do that. And I've seen them up here. So for me, I almost don't care what they're made of. Um, and, and different people have different views on that. I mean, I just, it doesn't matter to me what they're made of because I watched them appear out of heaven. Like, it, I just, I know they're from God, so who cares what they're made out of? They're really pretty and they're really sparkly and, and I like them. Um, but, but I do know other people who have had them analyzed. Um, what they find totally varies. Um, sometimes they'll find, hey, I can't tell you what this is made of. It's not of a substance that I, we're familiar with. Other times they've had things like, oh, this is glass, this is plastic. And to the point where sometimes it seems like what the person analyzes the stone as being like is dependent on what the person who's bringing the stone in believes about the stone. Two people brought the same stone to the same jeweler gemologist person and analyzed the same stone. 
without knowing it was the same stone and came up with two completely different substances that it was made out of. You know how Jesus said to people, be it with you according to your faith? Yeah. He would go up to the blind person and say, what do you want from me? Now, if I was the blind person, I'd be thinking, well, I'm blind. What do you think I want? <laughs> I want to see. But Jesus would frequently ask people, what do you want? And he would require them to articulate what they expected, what they wanted, what they desired. And he would meet their expectations, their desires, and give to them according to what they expected or desired. Not usually a lot more, and certainly nothing less. But I think that principle runs through a lot of things in the kingdom. A lot of times what manifests in our life is a result of what we expect, what we believe for, and what we're anticipating that God's going to do. So if you expect or believe, and you, you may be doubting and skeptical that these are actually worth anything, you're going to go into the gemologist and they're going to say, well, they seem to be made of glass. Pretty much they're not worth anything. Congratulations. But the same, right, but the same person goes in and says they have this expectation in their heart that God has given them a truly valuable sapphire or diamond or ruby. They're going to go in, it's going to be inspected, and they're going to say, well, this is actually a really high-quality stone. It's worth yeah. a lot of money. And that, and that can happen. And like I said, I've not had them tested. I bought a diamond tester a couple months back, and most of the clear stones we have don't test as diamonds. And it literally tests diamond, not diamond, right. um, which tells me they're probably topaz or some other stone. It doesn't mean they're not valuable. It just means that at this point in time, I'm not really willing to try and put the effort and energy to figure out what they're worth. And I think that in order to try and do something like selling them, you'd have to either have easy access to somebody who's a gemologist, have a lot of money you're willing to spend on it, or um, know somebody who basically can kind of simplify that process for you. But I mean, I think, I think if, if you've got stones that God's given you and you want to try and sell them, I mean, go for it. So that brings up the next can of worms. Let me get my can opener here, because I have to open a can of worms. So the issue of selling stones. Now, I can see a whole bunch of red flags being thrown out there in Christianity land. People are going to say, wait a minute. First of all, I'm not sure I even believe in these stones, but are you telling me that people are actually thinking about selling something that God gave them, from a stone from heaven? How could you ever think about selling that? Well, I mean, let's be honest with this. Like I said, I've, been, I have had probably, I've probably given away more stones of ones that I've personally picked up than I actually even have now because I had so many of them. I mean, at some point in time, what do you do with all of them? Right. Um, so, I mean, I've given a lot of stones away to a lot of different people. I mean, it's not any different if I sell them and make money off of them and can do something functional and useful with it versus give it away. It's still not keeping the gift that God gave me. So any way you swing it, I'm not keeping the gift. I mean, I have a lot of them that I have kept. But at the same time, too, I mean, you were, you were telling me this story last night, right? Yeah. So Peter actually was like, hey, Jesus, we got to go pay this temple tax. He's like, okay, so go down to the water. There's going to be a fish there. There's going to be a... When you catch the fish, open its mouth, take the coin. I mean, can you imagine Peter coming back and being like, hey, Jesus, I found this coin. Um, I'm going to hold on to it and memorialize it. I'm going to laminate it, and I'm going to keep it in my pocket forever. But, and Jesus is going to be like smacking his forehead. Okay, face palm time, where he's like, uh, could, Peter, could, could you go pay the tax now? Um, <laughs> so some people have this idea of God that God is not practical, that God doesn't care about our finances, that God doesn't care about taking heavenly gifts and converting them to cash and paying our bills or paying our taxes. I mean, some people don't have a grid of understanding for that. God's incredibly I, practical. I, I think he is incredibly sentimental. He's the biggest sentimentalist in the universe. 
but he's also the most practical being in the universe. He cares about our practical needs. I understand the idea that if you're just one of those people who is so in love, so enraptured, the awesome love of the Father, and you could never think about selling a gemstone or anything that appeared from heaven supernaturally. I get that. That's cool. Don't, then don't sell anything. But when I went to the Healing Room's annual Spiritual Hunger Conference in 2009, one of the keynote speakers was a pastor from Tennessee who the Lord said, I want you to come to the conference and I want you to testify about what I've been doing in your life. And the pastor said, well, Lord, I don't have any money. I can't even buy the plane ticket to go to Spokane. So the Lord sent an angel who appeared in his bedroom, dropped a gold coin on his floor and said, take that gold coin, go cash it in and buy your plane ticket. Well, that's, that's the same kind of thing. I mean, God's really practical. You know, gold, I think it's going for what, like $1,100? $1, $1,300 an ounce. Okay, yes, it's going for like $1,200, $1,300 an ounce. I mean, so an ounce of gold will take care of that plane ticket quite easily. And his motel accommodations oh, yeah. and his food. And see, that's the thing. Some people would say if an angel appeared or didn't appear, but the gold coin showed up, a lot of people would be tempted to say, oh, that's really cool. I'm just going to hang on to that gold coin forever. And it's a great memorial, it's a testimony to God's goodness, all this other stuff. Great. But I don't think the person who goes and sells that coin to pay for a plane ticket to go to a conference where they can testify about the goodness of God should be criticized. And I think this issue with the gemstones is I don't necessarily think it's a bad idea to sell these stones if you can and if you have a need. And especially if God tells you, look, I gave you this stone. Because you've been praying to me for six months. You don't have a job, and you can't pay your bills, and you're going to get evicted. Now, I'm raining gemstones in your house. Why don't you take some of those stones and go pay your bills? Yeah, I mean, it seems extremely practical to me. Again, as long as you can make those other things work out. And, right. and I mean, I've looked into it, which is, you know, obviously how I know. Um, it is definitely possible to do, and I don't see a reason not to. Again, it's, it's a personal conviction thing, though. There's no right or wrong answer. And I think that's what people need to remember is that um, there really is no right or wrong answer as far as stuff like that goes. It literally comes down to what you have in your own heart. Um, it is possible for somebody to get so incredibly greedy that they basically um, turn the idea of gemstones into a, ah, I know, I'll get around people who have gemstones so I can make tons of money and get rich. Well, that might not be the best heart attitude. That doesn't mean God won't give you gemstones. But I would suggest to you that it, you still need to get your heart attitude changed. Um, but you can still be appreciative and say, you know what, wow, I've got probably hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of gemstones here. I'm feeling really blessed and thankful. Like, there, there's nothing wrong with that. I turned one stone into a pendant for my wife. I have one that I wear as a necklace from sometimes. I mean, I have some stuff that I've turned into jewelry, too. Right. Um, and I have some other ones. My ears are pierced, so I have some other ones that I haven't done yet, but I put plan to turn into studs for earrings, too. I mean, I plan to just enjoy them. And, and I think you can do any and all of the above. And whatever it is you choose to do is, you're right and it's perfectly fine. Cool. Now, you are in the process of writing a book on gemstones. I am. We've had a lot of, I say we, I mean mostly me, but my wife and I, we get a lot of different questions from people when we talk about it. What does the Bible say about it? Where do you see this in the Bible? Um, can, anyone, and, can somebody else... You know, see these manifest in their own life. Is yeah. it just you? Is it only for special people? What were you doing when this happened? A bunch of different questions where people, I think, are just really hungry. They want to know, what can I do to have it in my own life? 
and I want to understand this more. If it does happen to me, how should I respond? What am I supposed to do? Just, I mean, really sensible questions. Um, and then there's the people who get all afraid and are, oh my God, how do I know I'm not being deceived? How do I know this isn't a demon coming to tempt me away from God by giving me gemstones that I'm going to praise God for? That one still confuses me, but um, I'm covering that in the book too. Um, so I mean, just a lot of different questions and practical questions that people want to know, covering just a variety of different things about the stones. So you've written a number of blog posts on your website, which is thekingsofeden.com. Thekingsofeden.com. And... By the time this podcast airs, the book will either be available after the podcast airs. Should be, yeah, and you would be able to get that on Amazon. It's going to be called Gemstones from Heaven, but yeah, we can get a link posted or whatever to it. Right on, post a link to it, yeah. to your website and the book. So yeah, but I mean, it should it should mostly cover all of those different types of questions. Um, I plan to have some other testimonies from other people and their experience with it too, um, just to get a, a variety of different people's experiences and the fruit that they've seen in their life. And actually, I mean, even like you were sharing with your son, Danny, earlier, um, just the different ways in which this manifestation has influenced people's lives. I actually had a text from a coworker last week because um, I had given her and a couple other coworkers gemstones. And she's not a believer, uh, but she's really sweet. And she just said, you know, since in this text, it was really short, but it basically just said, since, since you gave me that stone... I've just, my luck has been much better, and I've gotten a really awesome boyfriend, and I mean, just her life has just as a whole gotten better well, since I handed her a gemstone. I mean, like, it seems unrelated. there's some kind of anointing on that stone. It seems unrelated on the one hand, but she's making a correlation whether right. it's related or not. So, I mean, I don't care whether giving the stone had that effect or not, but she's making that correlation and is seeing the love of God in and through that. And that's cool. And that's what every manifestation is about whether it's healing or prophecy or gemstones, everything is always pointing people to the love of the Father. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, a, it's very difficult to live a spiritual life and enjoy your life without having a perspective of God loving and being in love with you. There's so many different perspectives about who this God in the Bible is like, and I think any one of them that doesn't include God as the most loving being in the world, you're really missing something. Yeah. Because why else would God choose to create beings to love other than to love them? Really, God created us out of a desire for love, to love us and for us to love him back. So, I mean, it's really just a, that's really what it's all about. So anything that God's doing in our lives, whether um, it's something like gems or oil or feathers or whatever, uh, healing, healing is possibly one of the biggest physical manifestations of God's love that I've ever seen. I, I agree. Um, yeah. Which is why I, I hammer the subject of healing yeah. so often is because there's so many sick people who are hurting, when you release healing into that person's life, it is an absolutely tangible, unmistakable, personal testimony that they have that says forever, God loves me. Yeah, and it's true. I mean, so and I think it all comes down to gems are a manifestation of love. Oil is a manifestation of love. Angelic visitations, prophetic words, healing, they're manifestations of God's love for us. And so I think even outside of some of the questions about gems, if we broaden that out about what is God saying and doing, there's a number of different things he's saying and doing, and I'm going to cover that more in the book. But if you had to break it down into a single word, it definitely comes down to love. That's cool. Well, I think we're going to wrap up on that. Michael, thank you for joining us on the podcast. I look forward to doing another one with you on another subject. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. All right, cool. Thanks, man. Well, folks, that is our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for dropping by. 
If you're new to the podcast and you haven't been to my website, you might drop by and check out the articles I have there. If you have any questions or comments about this show, you can contact me at admin at prayingmedic.com. That's A-D-M-I-N at prayingmedic.com. I'd like to thank you again for dropping by. I hope you enjoyed the show.